Hello? Mr. Beckett? Yes. Hello, this is John Stockley, uh, the principal from Forest Heights Junior High. Yo, yes, Mr. Stockley, hello. Mr. Beckett, I, I really need to talk to you about oh. a matter. Yeah, I, I meant to get that PTA thing taken care of. It's just been so busy and all, with work and everything. But I'll tell you what. Mr. I'll... Beckett, I'm not calling to talk to you about a PTA matter. Oh? Well, how can I help you, Jack? It's John. Oh, sorry. I mean John. Well, it's about your son. Pete? <laughs> yeah. What's he up to now? Trying to con his way out of algebra? <laughs> no, Mr. Beckett. Has Pete talked to you this afternoon? No. Why? Mr. Beckett, we've, we've got a really a serious issue here. Pete was caught cheating today in algebra class. Cheating? Pete? And this is the third time this month. Mr. Beckett, I asked your son to talk to you as soon as you got home this today. But since that obviously hasn't happened, we're going to need to set up a meeting here at school. And that meeting needs to include you, your wife, and Pete. A meeting? Do you think that's really necessary? I mean, Mr. Beckett, don't you just give detention hall or something like that? Mr. Beckett, you, you need to understand here. Your son is definitely facing suspension and possibly expulsion. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Thursday edition of our broadcast. Our host is the executive director of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and uh, your wife, Barbara, joining us again in the studio. That dad... Just got a wake-up call. Man, did he. And we've received a similar wake-up call, although not quite as severe. Our uh, One of our kids was not about to be kicked out of school, but one of our children was caught cheating. Really? Barbara? Well, we got a call from uh, someone at the school. I think it may have been the assistant principal. And uh, well, I'll never forget it when this phone call came saying that um, <laughs> it was reported that one of our teenagers was caught cheating. Hmm. And I remember thinking... Holy smokes! <laughs> What's going on? And and uh, but we immediately latched onto that to find out what was going on. And I was up at the school within a couple of hours, sitting in the office with uh, our teenager and the teacher of this particular class. And it was an interesting meeting because the teacher was about as nervous as I was, and our son was because this teacher had a notorious reputation as being a, a mediocre teacher and. Uh, because the teacher was near retirement, was really letting uh, the rules go slack in the class. Mm. And so for years, we had known that cheating was rampant in this class. Everybody did it. Nobody did anything about it. It was never reported. But we had a new principal that year, and the principal decided to crack down. Mm -hmm. And our son happened to be in the class the year that the principal cracked down, mm -hmm. and he was tempted to uh, to cheat. Everybody else was doing it, and uh, he got caught, and we were in the in the office trying to deal with it. So, so it, it was an interesting deal. You sat there with the teacher. You hadn't had any interaction with your with your child at this point, right? That's right. And the teacher says, well, here's what I observed. Uh -huh. And did your child own up to it? Yeah. He, he was pretty sheepish. And we had the evidence right there in front was a, a test that had uh, he had had copied the answers off of. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was uh, where he had gotten the answers ahead of time from a previous class. And uh, then the teacher, because the principal had instructed him to, had switched the tests up uh. to catch those who were, were cheating. And ours was one who was caught in the process. And, you know, I, I think that son just happens to be at our house right now. It might be interesting to get his perspective of 
the meeting that followed when we talked with him about getting caught? Well, let, let's see if we can get him on the telephone. And <laughs> is he ready to own up to this on uh, national radio? We'll soon find out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Samuel. What? This is your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Are you nervous about what you're getting ready to be asked? No. You should be. I should be? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because they're going to record you. No, we we are recording you, oh, yeah. Samuel, and I just wanted to ask you a question. You, uh, we just shared a story on the broadcast, and we didn't share that it was you, okay? Sure. But I thought, you know, now everybody knows. Well, yeah, this is a tip-off. Yeah, that that <laughs> you, you were think. the one. You think? But it has to do, Samuel, with uh, with uh, the chemistry class. The chemistry class. Yeah, Irv. When you were a junior, do you remember what happened with in Irv's class? Uh, when we got called to the office. Sure. Yeah. Remember that test? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You mind sharing that story with our listeners? Well, I mean, there's not much to tell. I'm sure you've already told it. What happened? What happened? Yeah. Well, I, um, uh, I guess you could say I cheated. Yeah. I guess I got, I got caught up in the the easy way of doing things and not wanting to study and to make an A on it, so I cheated. Did you make an A on it? Oh, yeah. At least for a few hours. Well, yeah, until I walked out. And then, uh-huh. And then what happened? Um, I guess it was that one test that he decided to, to check, see if anybody was cheating, and he compared it with the, the previous test he had given to the other class, and... Some of the students' tests matched up with that, and mine didn't match up with that, but part of it did. The whole thing didn't, because I didn't cheat on the whole thing. Um, and so I guess, I think he called you guys. Yeah. Do you remember, Samuel, when you got the call out of class to come to the office? Did no, because I was at, um, I was, that was after school that he had checked that. Uh-huh. And he called my mom, and I was playing golf that afternoon, and... I called home from, a, I guess, a fast food restaurant. She told me to come straight home because she had gotten a call or something like that. So, when did you? When did it hit you that you'd been caught? Um, I didn't. I didn't know until my mom had said said something to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still. I mean, I still hadn't gotten caught until I admitted it because it wasn't. It wasn't as incriminating as it was for the other students. Because there's like two sections of the test, and I only cheated on the first section. So, I'm not not to justify it, but I mean, it wasn't like whatever. Yeah, did, but did, you but you did admit it. Sure. Did you even think about trying to worm your way out of it? And, no, I don't think so. And do you remember what the punishment was, or was there a punishment? Um, I honestly can't remember. Mm-hmm. Well, you you and I talked about it some time ago, and you told me that the real punishment. Yeah, I was just seeing the look in you guys' face of disappointment. How did that hit you? Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, you've grown up and you've been under the upbringing of your parents and you want to please them, and then when you find out that you haven't pleased them, that's pretty harsh punishment just because you're you disappointed, you know, the people that have poured so much of their lives into you. Now, now this was several years ago that this happened, right? Yeah. You've taken you've taken a lot of you've taken a lot of tests since then, right? Oh yeah. Anything you need to confess to here? No, no, no. <laughs> Bob, that's horrible. 
just thought we ought to check. Let's well, call we... your kids, Bob. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, let's start going down the line with yours anyway. Well, Samuel, you're a good sport. We sure. appreciate you uh, owning up to it, not only uh, not only then, but now for our listeners and kind of giving us a peek inside uh, the issues that a lot of parents are going to be facing. Yep. Samuel, just before we get off, what would you say to parents then is the most important thing they can do if their son or daughter is caught cheating? Um, well, I mean, it would, have, it would depend on the situation. I mean, it would depend on the family. Like, it would depend on who, I guess, the, how, how the family operates or whatever. If it's, if it's a real close family where, you know, the Students, or the, I mean, the kids respect their parents, or if they don't respect their parents, I mean, it'd be a different situation for both. But I'd say if if the kids are are looking to make their mom and dad proud of them, I would say that the worst punishment that they could give to them is just to say, you know, I'm sorry you did this. You know, it's it's your choice. I think you're old enough. I mean, I was old enough at that time to make my own decisions, so it's not like you know you could break out the spoon, you know, egg, turn it to the spoon, whatever. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know, it, it, it depends. Well, let me ask you this way. Someday you're going to be a dad. Sure. Uh, so when your 16-year-old gets caught cheating on a test, what are you going to do? Well, first of all, he's not going to because he's going to be an angel. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, genetics there, huh? <laughs> no, I've already gotten cursed with, Ten of me for every kid that I have. So. <laughs> yeah. At least. Yeah. So, what um, are you going to do? You know, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to wait until that time comes. Mm-hmm. Cross the bridge when I get to it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a good sport, Samuel. Let us call you here in the the middle of the day. It's good to have you home from college, and uh, I appreciate you allowing us to share this story with our listeners and. And also, I'm proud of you for the for the man you have become, and even the greater man you're becoming. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I love you. Love you too. Love you, hon. Bye, Samuel. Bye. <laughs> Study hard, by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, this issue of cheating, Dennis, really goes to uh, a bigger issue, which is one of the traps that you talk about in your book, Parenting Today's Adolescent. Uh, one of the traps that is laying in wait for our teenage children, and that's the trap of deceit. Yeah, and yesterday on the broadcast, we read a passage from uh, Proverbs chapter 6. And uh, in my Bible, I have written the dirty half dozen. And it just reminds me that there are some things the Lord hates. In fact, it says that in verse 16. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. And the first one we talked about on yesterday's broadcast, haughty eyes. That's a proud heart. Mm -hmm. And the second one listed, though, is a lying tongue. It's deceit. God hates it. And as we talked about yesterday on the broadcast, if God went out of his way to say that he hates he hates it, then we as parents better um, discipline for it. We better train our children away from it. We need to uphold the truth and um, be careful to help our children understand the importance of um, uh, not being partially truthful mm-hmm. because sometimes bob it can be the half truths the little deceitful maneuvers that we've all made when we were teenagers mm-hmm. just to get by with something so our parents don't catch us uh, something happened the other night in um, in our bedroom 
with one of our teenagers coming in to sit on our bed that was a classic illustration of this issue of deceit. Well, I had just had a conversation with this teenager who was downstairs on the computer doing email or typing a paper. I can't remember which one now, but hard at work on the computer. And and, uh, I sat down and asked a couple of questions about what are you doing tomorrow, where are you going, all that kind of stuff, just kind of mapping out what's happening in the next couple of days. And um, a couple of things, a couple of responses didn't seem to mesh to me. And so I started asking a couple more questions and Finally, I figured out that this teenager was trying to cook up something without telling us what was going on. Mm-hmm. She had made plans to do something and was kind of kind of add on a little extra stopover somewhere that was real short, that wouldn't be too big and too uh, obvious, but enough so that she could do what she wanted to do without telling us. And so when I found that out, I said, why didn't you just ask me if you could do that? And she said, because I figured you'd say no. And it was such a small thing that I thought, I'll just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, that is so disappointing that you felt like you couldn't ask and that you felt like things were so negative that I say no to everything. I said, I don't say no to everything. I said, we give you lots of freedom, at least it feels like to us. And, and so we just kind of talked about it. And then I said, well, let, let's go upstairs and I want you to come up when you finish typing this and, and let's finish talking about it. And so it kind of became a tag team match between Barbara and me and this particular teenager because that little instance Barbara was talking about had another situation that had occurred earlier in the day where the teenager had done something and hadn't told us the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And again, what it was doesn't matter. It it was it really was a minor deal, but they just hadn't totally disclosed everything. And in fact, there was the sense in which there was the hiding of a little piece of information. And I remember my mom teaching me that lying is intending to deceive somebody. It's not just saying something that's untrue, but if you're hiding or intending to deceive, then that's really a lie. Yeah, and this particular child was needing to learn that accountability is really total for a teenager mm-hmm. and that they're not really free to go do everything they want to go do, especially if they've struggled with this area. Mm-hmm. And and I would add that to this story. This particular child has struggled with deceit from time to time. And so we sat on that bed and talked for about 30 minutes. And um, the child was not getting the point. The child was resisting. The child was refusing to acknowledge what was going on. And again, it's one of those moments when the Spirit of God just gives you the ability to, to say, you know, the, the front door approach is not working here. We need to go in a side door or a back door into this child's life. And, and Bob, this is so important for parents of teenagers to understand. You, what, what worked yesterday with that child may not work today, mm-hmm. and you have to try a different approach. And so instead of coming in the front door, kind of confronting this child with her sin, Instead, I came in the back door and I said, you know, you're, you're kind of seated on a corner of the bed over here. And it's, it's, it's like you're in one corner and you're putting us in another corner. And I want you to know this isn't a battle between you and your parents. I said, and I called the child by her name. I said, child, <laughs> I said, uh, we're in your corner. Mm-hmm. Both your mom and I are not in that other corner. We're not in a match with you, a, a boxing ring. We're in your corner, we're for you, and we're trying to help you be successful. And I said, don't let the enemy convince you otherwise. 
We want God's best for you, and we're committed to helping that happen. And a part of that is teaching you some things that um, is going to help you mature as a person and grow up into the person that God made you to be. And, and this accountability, this is not a minor issue. This is a big deal because if you hide just a little thing, the next time you'll be tempted to hide something bigger mm-hmm. if you can get away with it. And before long, you're down a trail called the seat that can destroy your life as a teenager and as an adult. And what we are commissioned to do by God is to train you and to help you deal with these issues of half-truths when they occur and, and to help you understand this is not just a little deal here. These are patterns and habits that you need to correct yourself in. So did the light bulb go on with the back door? It did, and I don't know what it was, whether it was a relational thing of saying we're in your corner, we're for you, we want to help you grow up, or whether she wore out with us because it was 11.45 by then and she wanted to go to bed. But truthfully, I think the light went on, and I think she did hear. Barbara, lying is not something that's unique to being a teenager. Our younger mm-hmm. kids practice this. They're just really bad at it. You can tell right. when yeah. a six-year-old is lying to you, but as they start to enter the teenage years – they start to develop some skill at being able to uh, secret some things over to the side. Yeah, they do. And it's, it's partly because they, we don't have the control over their lives that we had when they were three, four, five, and six. Because when they're little, they're with us all the time. And we can pretty much see and hear everything that's going on. But when they're teenagers and they're at school or they're getting rides from other people, other parents, uh, they're going to things where you may not be chaperoning. Um, there are just more opportunities for them to do things and not tell you or mm-hmm. to plan something and not give you the whole story. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot more uh, options for them. And, and some of uh, their options turn into hybrid forms of deceit. Like one of the things we talk about in the book is uh, sneaky deceit mm-hmm. where uh, you come in, the chores aren't done, and they say, oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't hear you. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you didn't say that. And so you're left as a parent unless you walk around with a video recorder and <laughs> got, taking got finger, evidence. fingerprints and, and having a notary public with you, getting their signed signature of everything you're saying. You're left to question your own sanity mm-hmm. and your own memory, which does begin to go with age, I might add. And, and this sneaky deceit is a form of lying, is a form of not telling the total truth. Mm-hmm. Well, you've illustrated how a parent needs to immediately jump on an instance of deceit when you're aware of it. What do you do as a mom or a dad if a child is habitually uh, deceiving you, if it's just an ongoing problem and the child won't quit? Well, we had a child as uh, she was approaching adolescence who went through a period where uh, she was really deceiving us. In fact, we felt like there were several lies, but we couldn't quite catch this child in the lie. And so Barbara and I went to prayer. And here's where I, I say to Christian parents, use uh, one of the most powerful weapons in your arsenal. Go to God and ask God for, for wisdom. Ask him for grace. Ask him to help you catch that child in an outright lie so that you can discipline him or her for that lie mm-hmm. and bring the pain that needs to be brought to bear. And, you know, after we prayed for um, – a number of, of uh, weeks. And by the way, sometimes these prayers take a while to get answered. Uh, finally, something did happen, though, where we caught this child in a lie. And I'm going to tell you, it was such an ingrained pattern that I felt like we were at war for our child's life at mm. that point. I mean, it was a dramatic moment in that child's bedroom to be confronting this sin called the seat. 
in the sense there was this struggle over evil occurring in her life that if we didn't win, we could lose the child. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of the parent defeating the child. It's a matter of the parent winning over sin. Yes. Okay? Right. And at that point, boy, you've got to just, you've got to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm doing here. I mean, I feel like I'm in over my head and I need you as the Lord God who knows the heart that I'm attempting to redeem mm-hmm. and attempting to persuade and pull out of evil. You need to give me your game plan. And and you know what, Bob? That happened. I don't know exactly how it happened that night and in the, the weeks that followed, but that child today has really worked on not being a deceiver and not lying to us. In fact, she she even mentioned to me the other night on a date that we had, she said, you know, Dad, I'm doing a much better job telling the truth, hmm. aren't I? And I said, you sure are, hmm. and I'm really proud of you. Hmm. And I think when our children do defeat these areas that have been habits, we need to be quick to come alongside them and cheer them on. Because, you know, we all deal with habitual sin. We all deal with areas in our lives that we wish we didn't have, the habits that we um, give into regularly. And and uh, when our children make those wise choices, come alongside them and pat them on the back and, and thank God for them privately and do it publicly in front of the whole family and uh, cheer them on as they move on to adulthood. You know, one of the things, Dennis, that you and Barbara have done in the book Parenting Today's Adolescent is you've given us a whole series of unforgettable lessons. Each chapter has an illustration or a story, something that drives home the point that you've been making in a powerful way. And on the subject of deceit that we've been talking about today, there is an unforgettable story that comes from Bill Cosby. (laughs) Yeah, it's his favorite story that he tells about his son and maybe one of the most requested stories that he tells about his son and his son, when he was 12 years old, had been lying to him, uh, not going to class, skipping school. And Cosby found out about it and and uh, called his son, tracked him down at a friend's house, and said, "When you come home, I'm gonna I'm gonna discipline you." And he came home and took him out to the barn, to the proverbial woodshed, mm-hmm. and he had never spanked his son, hmm. which was interesting. And uh, so after he allowed his son to, to give his lawyerly defense and, and had lost, and Cosby, <laughs> uh, Cosby uh, decided to spank him. So he spanked him and, and then told his son, uh, okay, I'm done. And his son turned to walk out. And as he was walking out, he uh, swatted him one last time. Hmm. And his son whirled around in anger and said, you lied to me. And Cosby said, how does it feel? And he went on to instruct his child about how when you lie, when you deceive, when you create a situation of mistrust, you affect the relationship and it makes you mad. It makes you angry. And he went on to say how this was a true turning point in his relationship with his son. And we include it in the book because I think, Bob, it's a great opportunity for our preteens and teens to read a story and to identify with a teenager and to understand how their deceit is impacting their most important relationships in life. 